0: This is the one with Andy Pandy's overalls. Thing, tea, thing. And
1: Ming the Merciless's ring. It's called The Hand of Fear. Eldrad must live. We're embarking on a voyage all through time
0: and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thal Boot, and, and the Cybertronic race. Taurans look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back where? And reviewing all of who there is Back when and subscribe and rate or night juice, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey to see what other choice could there be that Who Who back when what ho oh, dearest podcast land, and welcome to another glorious episode of Who Back When a Doctor Who Podcast. Or Doc Past. Correct Mundo buddy. That lovely voice belongs to none other than Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello. And I, as I usually am, am Leon. You're not your weekend self today. That's right. Correct, (laughs) correct, correct, correct. And we are going to be talking about C087, Hand of
1: Fear. Oh yes, it gives me so much fear, that hand.
0: I didn't realise this was going to be a companion exit, did you? No, absolutely not. Up until the very last moment, I assumed she's going to continue. I read no trivia beforehand.
1: Yeah, likewise. And I, I've been sold that they're the, the longest lasting duo. I thought we had loads to go. And,
0: and, and they are.
1: Did you look up the trivia for this one? A uh, little bit, but I feel like you're going to fill me in with something.
0: I will, but let's put a pin on that and talk okay. about it later. Overall, did you enjoy this one?
1: Mm, overall, probably not.
0: Oh. I don't know. Well. Interesting. Overall... I probably did. Ah, uh, okay. Let's set business aside for a moment. I apologize. It was that was all uh, biznitch. <laughs> How are you doing? Is everything okay? I'm I'm grand and fun Marvelous, because How are you good I to am it? not. You are not. freaking melting. <laughs> Podcast Land, if you can hear weird noise in the background, that's because we are recording with an open window and with a fan, an oscillating fan in the room, because it is record hot out
1: in Oxford. It's melting people's faces, pavements.
0: This is a country that, has I learned today, never seen above 40 degrees centigrade.
1: Yeah, I think the highest so far is 36 point something, and it's just been smashed.
0: Yeah, and how hot was it today? 38.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be 39, maybe even 40 in London. Oh,
0: Finally, finally <laughs> into the four zeros. Anyway, so that's why, apologies, delirium.
1: Yeah, and if there's a weird break in the middle, that might be because a, a storm has just crashed through the window.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we jump into Bite Size Chunk of Who? Let's do that. Time for us to synopsize, clarify, and summarize, so take a view and, and grab a and a listen time to, time to this overview, view. this free-for-all we like to call it Bite Size Chunk of Who. Drunk of who? A spaceship on a string flies into view as we learn of the impending obliteration of silicon-based despot Eldrad. Cut to 150 million years later on the other side of the universe. The time is nowish. The place is a quarry in England, but this time it actually is a quarry. And the fourth doctor and companion, Sarah Jane Smith, have materialized in the TARDIS just as a pile of rock is about to be exploded on top of them.
1: The detonation somehow unearthed a disembodied hand, don't you know? And it turns out to have once belonged to that Eldrad fellow. It's missing a finger, but sporting some powerful mind-bending bling, and now takes over Sarah Jane, compelling her to feed it nuclear power in order to regenerate the megalomaniac from the wrist up. Biscow, over, you are welcome. Aren't you just?
0: So, if you didn't super-duper like this one... Does that mean that you are skeptical towards certain elements of it? And if so, would you like to start off with one of those? You want
1: to just get straight to the nuts of everything, don't you? Okay, no, sorry. Fine. Where do you want to start? (laughs) Well, straight to the nuts. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, You have to justify what I've said. So I kind of liked quite a lot of it. Okay. And. Then it just falls apart drastically. Like, in a way, I like three quarters of it, because episodes one to three are half decent. Oh, really? You don't like the ending? I don't like the the switchover of Eldrad. He's terrible. I loved the switchover of Eldrad. <laughs> really?
0: Yes. First off, I love that Eldrad switches gender all of I, a sudden. I do like that. Out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, well, what I have okay. in quick succession is three negative points in my notes. Okay. Bloody hell, Eldrad is tiring. <laughs> it's just constant drama. <laughs> the doc then plays fetch with Eldrad. Yes, that's hilarious. And then Doc and Sarah Jane literally trip up Eldrad with Doc's scarf to that's... fall down an abyss. Yeah, that's super dumb. I agree. That <laughs> this, is... Is, this is the culmination of this serial is him tripping over a scarf.
0: Yes, I agree. No, that is <laughs> mega stupid. <laughs> but I did quite like the fetch game. Really. I mean, ish. Also, give the dude a chance to for some drama. He's been a hand for 150 million years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would have been a much more interesting premise if they just carried on with what the female version of Eldrad was pretending to do, which was actually be a kind of grey villain. Like, ah. Eldrad had been responsible for some horrible stuff, mind-controlling people and getting them to attack and that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you kind of see it in the bigger picture of... He, she was responsible for a planet and it had been overtaken by people, and she was just trying to get back there. Yeah. Like, that's that's quite an interesting premise, and it, it downplays some of the, the bad things that she's done, and it puts it into a kind of more moral, ambiguous area, and then it just switches into, oh, no, I am a fucking megalomaniac. I want to <laughs> kill everyone. This is this is the king that's been ruling for 150 million years, um, but I want to overthrow him and take over everything.
0: Yeah, let's put a pin in that as well, because that <laughs> made no sense whatsoever. But the... The switch over from casually benevolent, accidentally malevolent Eldrad into straight-up comic book villain, I thought that was brilliant, particularly given the look on the Doctor's face when he suddenly realizes, oh, crapola, I have regenerated a
1: bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I guess that can be an interesting as well, but if that's the interesting thing, why do it in the last and then ten minutes of the show, and then trip him up with a scar? That's a
0: that's a super good point. Yeah, they, if they had done it like halfway through, yeah, and then that becomes the turning point where their mission is a, a completely different one. Like acts one and two, they have to fight the mind force or mind controlling force of the ring and all the military p- personnel that's trying to kill Eldrad. And then in Act Three, oh no, wait, now we have to team up with our p- former adversaries against Eldrad. We made a mistake. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah, that w- yeah, I agree. That would have been more interesting. Speaking of military guys, do you know what, uh, like, <sighs> massive drawback of this? Where is UNIT?
1: I read some bloody weird trivia about this, actually. Ah, I have some trivia about that as well. Go for it. So this, this is straight off Wikipedia. Okay. But the Brigadier was meant to be in, in, according to the original script. Yes. He was in this, and he was in Exit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Is that a thing? (laughs) I don't... Not
0: that I'm aware of. The Extraterrestrial Xenological Intelligence Task Force.
1: Yeah. Or Exit for short. (laughs) And he was going to be killed. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know about that. That's not on Todd's wiki. Apparently. Um, But again, it's not happened because Nicholas Courtney wasn't available, which I'm... I'm still taking it as him snubbing the BBC. He's
0: like, you're not bringing me back to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And just to rub my
0: face in it, you're making me the head of something called Exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I didn't actually put that together. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised he's pissed off at the BBC. is the way they treat him. <laughs> and yeah, apparently Harry Sullivan was in the original script as well. Yes, yes, I read that too. So, I, I feel like this is really, I guess a good and bad example of how important an actor can be <laughs> <laughs> and don't piss them off agreed like they shouldn't have pissed him off I prob- no, probably nicholas
0: but- courtney was well, the brigadier as a character nicholas courtney obviously as the only person who could personify him it was one of the pillars atop which all of the doctor's correspondence with the earth rested yeah why would you... Re- uh, anyway, yeah, we've had that conversation before. You should yeah. never shun those stars. But we have, on a one prior occasion, had a stand-in for Nicholas Courtney in that other guy, Colonel... What's-his-face? Yeah. Colonel Inferior Mustache. can't remember which episode that was even. Oh, it was the um, Android Invasion, was it?
1: Yes, I think it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We weren't happy with it then, so I'd, I'm not really clamoring to have them do that I guess no no right but I wonder the why not, they didn't yeah it's the fact they're not addressing it either they're just flim flamming around it's like well this time we're going to just bring in some other unit person to kind of impersonate the brigadier yeah this time we're just going to have anonymous soldiers and jets flying over <laughs> and Have they done the jet same jets same jets I think that's the exact same jet clip we've had quite before. possibly yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a nice scene actually where the doctor's just like nothing's going to happen no. guys <laughs> <laughs> nothing's going to happen just going to hang out <laughs> I know very little about...
0: <laughs> okay, in my notes, I don't, I don't know if this is even the right term for it, but I, I know very little about nuclear fission. <laughs> but should you attack a nuclear power station that is already failing
1: with, with bombs? nuclear.
0: With nuclear? Yeah. Wait, there's... they
1: fire a nuclear weapon at it? Professor Watson. Yeah. Dunhead guy in front, in charge of everything. Are you serious? This is a nuclear weapon? Calls in a tactical nuclear strike. It may not use that exact phrase, but... Somehow, yes, they are willing to use nuclear missiles. I'm sure they say nuclear. They don't evacuate the area. (laughs) No.
0: And the only advice that Sarah Jane gets is like, you know, block your nose and open your mouth. (laughs) It's might as well tell the farmer who's like plowing the field next to the nuclear power plant, like, dude, duck and cover. (laughs) Have
1: you got a a plow you can hide behind? Yeah, great. (laughs) Just look away for this, will you? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I didn't realize that. Yeah, this is shortly after we have just heard about unexplosions. I like that term, though. That's which, a good term. Which really pissed me off to start with. And then the way the Dr. carries on to explain it, actually, I kind of liked it. Because this is fusion versus fission, is it? One is I, I used, generating it and one of it is kind of making uh, use of it. I, I used
0: the term fission before and that's I shouldn't even have gone that. I should have yeah, said the
1: nuclear power plant. I really don't know. But I, I feel like, actually, that, that was a sound scientific thing that they were Trying to give a really ah. simple explanation for. It's like rather than the energy going out like an atomic explosion in the atomic bomb, it's being used. We're using the reaction. Okay. Which is like the holy grail of energy production, I think. Anyway. I've, I'm out I've, of my depth.
0: Dude, <laughs> I've also seen Chain Reaction starring Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman,
1: I'll have you know. <laughs> that was probably all waffle. I probably shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry (laughs) to everyone who knows better than me. I just sounded like a complete idiot.
0: (laughs) Well, you know better than me, so it's fine. Okay, so we've been jumping around a lot here, but the reason there is an unexplosion and the reason that we don't get even... I mean, it's a completely soundless attack by, I've just learned, a nuclear weapon, is because... Eldrad's hand is absorbing all of... Maybe Eldrad is even reconstituted at this point, but Eldrad is absorbing all of the nuclear power.
1: Yeah. I, actually, I think this attack is what Reconstitutes. Tips, tips her over the edge and, right. and she, okay. she becomes fully formed.
0: Okay. So, a few questions. Question one. Eldrad takes on the female form... Because, it seems, there's been contact with Sarah Jane's genetic material. Like, she held the hand, or maybe held the ring, was the first person to do so. Yeah. And therefore, Eldrad has taken on this shape. But Eldrad herself, or himself at that point, later on, says that this was sort of a... almost like a, a conscious choice as not to alarm mankind with his appearance.
1: Yeah, because we're fine with A stone lady Stone ladies. <laughs> Bejeweled stone ladies, yeah
0: Not a million miles off what Eldrad ends up looking like
1: anyway No, she could have put on some shoulder pads And would have basically Being looked like Eldrad, Eldrad. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just Yeah, I don't get it But is it really a conscious choice?
1: I, I don't know To be honest, anything Eldrad said in his he form Is probably not really sunk into my head Because I was just like, dude, calm down Calm down. Okay, no, no, someone take the caffeine away from this actor. Just, just, <laughs> let's have a break. <laughs> let's try this again in, like, 12 hours or something. <laughs> I, I could not cope with it.
0: <laughs> I found Eldrad's backstory really quite interesting before we'd even heard of it. Because I was trying to fill in the blanks and I had no idea what to expect. Because in the beginning... Jumping straight, we are really jumping back and forth on this one. You keep it up so from the very end to the very beginning. The cold open of this is Eldrad being obliterated, or just about to be obliterated, yeah, by a hooded figure. We still haven't seen them. There are two people on in on this base in yeah. on Castria, which is Eldrad's homeworld, and it, one of them just presses this. Once again, we have an enormous, unblocked obliteration button, which anyone could accidentally (laughs) lean on, and thus detonating Eldrad. And the only thing that we get to see is a hand, and I was almost entirely convinced that this was going to be a plague episode... Oh. There are, so someone's there, you know, wearing a, a hood, or like a cloak of some sort. We see what my incredibly human racist eyes, I can't imagine an alien being made out of stone. So I immediately went for, oh, this is some sort of alien plague. They're sending it into the sun or Eldred or whatever, into the sun in order to kill the germ. But the germ is going to get free somehow.
1: Oh. I don't know. I think I was too busy just kind of being distracted by the crappy spaceship effect that we... <laughs> So right at the start. Loved it, loved it, <laughs> The really dramatic voice that's kind of saying... Loved it. <laughs> Actually, at this point, is it like Eldrad must die or dead? Possibly, yes. Yeah. There is, by the way,
0: a big Finnish audiobook with the fifth Doctor called Eldrad must die. Oh. Yeah, so a sequel to this. It turns out Eldrad survived that fall. Oh. No. <laughs> Either way, yeah, super interesting. And of the two people on this base, one of them dies, like almost... Right off the bat, is one of them just dead. Is dead. Oh, is dead. Yeah, sorry. And the other person just goes, "Yeah, yeah, you didn't make it." Yeah. <laughs> I'll press the obliteration button before it, before I die as well. But we don't know why until later, or like they froze to death or something.
1: I don't know. I was I was incredibly confused. Like my note is, how long have they been there? And that guy didn't even notice the other one had yeah. died. And he's on a Skype call with
0: someone else. Yeah, who is? Presumably also on planet Castria, but where? I don't... They go to this... I mean, at the end, Eldrad takes Doc and Sarah to the same dome on Castria. But clearly, there were Castrians elsewhere on this planet, or elsewhere in in the world.
1: Well, they talk about there being solar winds, and the surface basically being rendered uninhabitable, uninhabitable, and they go down to live in the innards of the Earth, uh, not the Earth, the planet.
0: yeah. That's true, but why assume that there aren't other Castrians elsewhere on the planet, under the planet, sorry, under the surface?
1: Well, presumably at that point, 150 million years ago, there were.
0: But when they arrive 150 million years later, which, by the way, is dumb, (laughs) when they arrive 150 million years later... Eldrad assumes, when he sees the Skype call from his old buddy, yeah, he assumes that that dude is still alive 150 million years later. So he's like, oh, you look great for 150 million <laughs> plus years. Yep. He's not at all surprised to see him. So there's there's no reason why other Castrians would not have survived, right?
1: I don't know if we're meant to assume that... Because Eldrad, I think, struggles with the idea that he's been on ice for 150 million years, as I think most people would. <laughs> And so he sees someone he knows alive, and I I don't know if he's meant to be thinking, oh, the Doctor lied, it's not been 150 million years, it's been like two weeks.
0: This scoffed buffoon tried to Brendan Fraser me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I I feel like you have to read a lot into it to to get a reasonable answer, because things are a bit all over the place with that kind of... And you can't throw 150 million years... Time frame in there, and
0: it's also annoying that everyone seems to just. I mean, there's never any carbon dating. There's never any like, oh, it was at roughly this depth inside the mountain. They just immediately go for 150 million years. Why? Like, is is all? Let's say that's granite or something. Like, is all granite 150 million years old? No more, no
1: less. Oh, and, the, and when they're dating stuff in the quarry, yeah. yeah.
0: Doc understands that it's 150 million years. The dude who just blew up the wall next to them who goes... Who
1: is not convincing me to have the greatest amount of intelligence, I have to say. <laughs> no,
0: not at all. <laughs> what the shit are you guys doing here? Also, are you okay and I take no responsibility?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that thing's been here for 150 million years. That's a nice explosion, though. That is true. Apparently a real explosion. Oh, it they, most... blew, they blew up a quarry.
0: Did they wait for this episode? Surely mm. they're like... Is there a quarry around? Yes. Is it in business? Yes. Could you maybe let us know the next time you're going to blow something up and we'll film it and we'll have stock footage?
1: Because surely this must be the same same quarry as every time. Again, quoting Wikipedia, it doesn't really have a source for this. It has a source for a myth attached to it, but not the thing so. But it says, a real-life quarry explosion was filmed for the episode Mm -hmm. and there was apparently a rumour that a camera got destroyed in it, which suggests that people (laughs) knew that they had filmed it. Um, But the rumour is bollocks, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. So Corey. maybe maybe it was just kind of BBC filming stuff, and it will be stock footage they can use and loads of stuff. I'm sure
0: but, there's something like that. Just like the, I mean, they didn't order jet fighters for no, this yeah. episode, but they filmed it a few episodes ago, and now that's it's just like the rocket launch, you know, the the
1: spaceship. Yeah, putting you know. in Apollo Eleven, or whatever. exactly. <laughs>
0: They just keep this stuff on hand. I think we need to, for the n- new website, maybe this is an occasion to finally start tracking all of these uh, tropes and locations because I really, really want a literal subplot. They are <laughs> underground for much of this. Yeah. So literal subplot and also cr- uh, quarry. Yeah. Just I th- track. Click a button and you'll see every episode that takes place in a quarry.
1: Parmi did wonder if... Although we're mid-season, so that's a problem with my plan Okay, so what I was going to say is Uh Is this them trying to to say, you know what We get that we use a quarry a lot This is us drawing a line under that Look, we're blowing up the quarry
0: (laughs) (laughs) Technically, they're just making the quarry larger (laughs) We are going to get more episodes in this quarry (laughs) And on top of which We finally get that beautiful slogan for South Croydon I've been to South Croydon Have you been to South Croydon?
1: I think I might have been, actually
0: It's a paradise compared to that quarry (laughs)
1: So, hanging around the first episode, uh-huh. as we have been jumping around, let's... Yeah, sorry. Maybe, maybe let's... don't apologise.
0: Okay. I retract <laughs> my apology.
1: <laughs> I quite liked that I picked up on how ridiculous Sarah Jane's outfit was. Why I thought she was dressed as a children's television presenter. And I wasn't far off when they bring out the Andy Pandy reference.
0: So I was going to ask you... Okay, I've just Googled it. I, one of my questions is, who is Andy Pandy?
1: Is so it's a toy? It was a it was a TV show like mm. way before my time. Started in black and white and it yeah it was a puppet which I guess
0: Oh this is like the, the stories happened to ever or
1: I, yeah I I'm not quite sure. It looks like they probably brought it back given that it's a fairly modern looking thing.
0: Ugh, I don't like that at all. I don't like it. <laughs> Podcast Land if you want nightmares for life just google Andy Pandy. But why is she wearing that? I don't know. So at this That's point really she weird, must be wearing the doctor's clothes,
1: right? Well, because she's got nothing else.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a boot cupboard. He probably also has a cupboard containing nothing but 1970s British TV cosplay, including the Andy Pandy outfit.
1: <laughs> so it's not really the Andy Pandy outfit. It's, it's striped, though. It's the wrong colour. It's just about it has stripes. Yeah. But yeah, there's a scene where I think it must be Professor Watson is. Oh no, someone else. Someone else is talking over the phone, describing her.
0: Yeah, and he's like, "Yes, just like Andy Pandy." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such <laughs> a
1: weird little scene.
0: Was it's... Andy Pandy a BBC property, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it probably was. Okay.
0: Yeah. But there... why do you think Oh, sorry. Carry on. Why do you think she's wearing those clothes? Is there something I mean, there's something inherently infantilizing about her wearing this outfit?
1: Yeah, I don't I no idea. In my mind it just looks stupid. Like, it, it grabs your attention for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, it's not a sophisticated reporter we're seeing here. It's, yeah, it's a child. It's a small child. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What I was going to mention earlier was the guy on the phone, who I still can't remember who it is. I think it must be Dr. Carter. Okay. Who's the first?
0: Is he the nice man or the incredibly unpleasant one?
1: I think he's the nice man. He's the one that attack or tries to attack Doc with oh. a spanner when he gets taken um. over and then falls off. Oh, unexpectedly,
0: <laughs> no one saw that coming.
1: <laughs> what is it? This is the second time in a row though, we've had some kind of mind control that's just been rubbish. Because <laughs> the last time we had Sarah Jane trying to, like, prick the doctor. hey all. <laughs> and just being very ineffectual with it. Yeah. And this time, like, the first thing he basically tries to do under the influence to stop the doctor... Is attack him with a spanner on a staircase and lose his balance.
0: That's yeah. It's not very clever. And so far, he has also been successfully hiding the fact that he's been taken over.
1: Yeah. Like, why? why bring it out there? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Let's wait to the top of the stairs. So we can push him down. There are better ways of doing this. <laughs> surely. Yeah. But anyway, what I what I was going to say was, so Dr. Carter has this slightly weird conversation on on the phone to someone we don't know, some security or whatever. Yeah. And then when we meet the director, Professor Watson, that whole scene of just chaotic, alarm-sounding... He's the arsehole, right? He's the arsehole, yeah. 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 Even when the alarm shuts off, it's a very noisy scene because people are still talking over each other. Like They're trying to, I think... Do something you shouldn't do in TV and film, and people know not to do this in TV and film, which is, is having two conversations happening at once. You always have to make one the background conversation, and you can't hear it. Like, yes, this is still happening, but we're focusing on this. But they, they had people talking over each other and just being a really hard thing to follow, I thought. I didn't really register that myself, I have no. to admit.
0: But I did think that I enjoyed everything about the tension in that scene, With the exception for the chap who calls his wife. Is that him, maybe?
1: That's him a bit later. Yeah.
0: Oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking of a different scene then. Because I was going to say, like, when tensions really rise in the nuclear power plant, which looks amazing, by the way. When a real power plant, by the way, real nuclear power plant. Yeah. When tensions rise. I love that. And then that's completely undercut by this guy, like going through every single trope in the book. He's like, oh, his daughter picks up the phone. (laughs) Put your mummy on the line. (laughs) Don't forget to to feed the dog. (laughs) Oh, you know, we've been friends for 12 years, that little (laughs) dog and I. Did you get the candles for our daughter's fifth birthday? (laughs) Excellent.
1: (laughs) Okay, you make make a fair point. I actually quite liked it over time. (laughs) And I also just undid my point by talking over you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I I, I told over you, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast man, write in. Tell this man he must apologize less.
0: (laughs) I'm not sorry at all for, oh, whatever. I don't remember the talking over one another thing. But you're probably right, I just... Much of this episode, I watched whilst baking. So, (laughs) or cereal, I watched whilst baking. So, I may have missed a couple of details here and there. Fair enough. I made cinnamon buns, if you want some. They're in the kitchen. Ooh, Mm -mm. nice. Yeah, my note here is just, old chap calls his wife to tell her it's his last day before retirement. I love that call actually Now that I think about
1: it. <laughs> I kind of liked that it, it wasn't a goodbye It was him kind of Just wanting to talk to them Yeah Like he didn't know If anything bad was really Going to happen He'd, you know, every, Everyone else had literally left It's a beautiful and he sentiment And he was going down With the ships sort I of think But he didn't go to the point of I'm going to die going to die Yeah It's just he wants to hear Her voice again Yeah So I thought it was It's lovely laugh. actually Yeah it is It is lovely I, I totally get that There are a lot of tropes Being ticked <laughs> <Yeah>. off <laughs> <laughs> One thing I couldn't understand through most of this serial is whether there was anything accurate going on with radiation.
0: Wait, you mean scientifically accurate? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to go out on a
1: limb and say no. (laughs) Because they have like a decontamination room. Yes. Which we see a couple of times. And we see people not under the influence of Eldrad. Because when you're under the influence of Eldrad, apparently you can just soak up as much radiation as you want. Uh It's like... Okay, hand wave, spacey, silicon based life. No pun stuff. intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Damn it. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> but we also see, I think he's called Driscoll. Which one's that? Uh, he's the guy who wears this, who suits up. And oh,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Who's also taken over.
1: Yeah, who ends up finding the ring and pretending he didn't the guy find who the ring.
0: Yeah, Tolt sacrifices himself. He's the guy who like walks straight into the reactor, precipitating the then exodus of
1: eldrad right yes i think so he basically takes over, he takes over for sarah jane yeah yeah but we so we see him go into a radiation room wearing a radiation suit yeah and then he comes back to this con- decontamination room as we have previously seen a mon uh, a hand wavy monitor thing hey all is <laughs> run over him and it makes the <laughs> yeah that we all associate all associate with radiation yeah and guy counter, yeah, guy counter. That's the thing. Yeah, and an HR Geiger counter. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it's just like, oh no, you've not got any radiation, so that's fine, or whether they were pretending that this was cleaning him up. Because my other references for radiation is generally TV and film, but yeah. normally people get like hosed down and and, and scrubbed with like gigantic yeah. Rooms and there's there's normally something that's like blue coloured or yes, <laughs> maybe orange. Yeah, <laughs> and orange rings about Actually, like that shit stays on everything like even if the person
0: yeah try to get that out from between your cheeks <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like even if the person's okay because like the silicon based life form has done something to them yeah their clothes are soaked in it. Like,
0: but if this silicon-based life form has the ability to just absorb nuclear radiation from everything, including a nuclear bomb, then surely it can absorb whatever little uh, radiation is, residual radiation is still stuck in in their clothes or in the whatever in anything in them.
1: You know, what? I think you're right. I think I was just stupid watching this. I think that's that's the premise throughout all of it. Exactly, because yeah, yeah. we get
0: to see the doctor with the gigantic Geiger counter. Running it over Sarah Jane, and he's like, "Look, no clickety clacks. Yeah. There's clearly no radiation. There should be. She was in the reactor chamber. Yeah, I buy that. Okay, As yep. a sci-fi thing. I buy that. And like I said, as a scientist, I think that's spot on. <laughs> like I said, I didn't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, podcast Land, Don't write in, <laughs> <laughs> but do write in. We like, but it. do yeah, yeah, we love it. <laughs> so random little questions I I actually had outside okay. of kind of anything in particular. Yeah. So we lose the ring ability kind of halfway through, I think. But yes. To my knowledge and memory, every single time someone uses the ring to zap someone. Yeah. Which I like. It, it was just knocking them out. Wasn't stupid, dissolving them or anything. They made a point to do it right to camera. Like most Yeah, of they the wanted t- a lens flare. Yeah, most of the time the hand was like six inches tops away from the, the camera lens when they did that. Yeah. It's great. Did you like it? You loved it. You loved it.
0: I mean, the whole ring makes me want to barf. It is so dumb. (laughs) And the reason for that is that the ring is explained to have like two practical applications on castria. One is that all of the genetic or what have you, that all of the identifying markers of a castrian are stored inside that ring. So Mm -hmm. that all you need is the ring in order to then reconstitute the life form. in On Castria, when they take Eldrad into the thing, yeah. it flattens
1: her and he climbs <laughs> out of a cupboard. It's great. <laughs> it's like, did you ever have one of those um, Play-Doh kits? There's, oh. there's one as like a hair shop. Oh. <laughs> and you like push a plunger and loads them. of stuff, squeeze up top. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly
0: how so there's, that's application number one. And application number two is it's, sort of like an ID card. It's a I mean it's obviously if it has all of your identification, all of your individual individually identifying or genetic or whatever markers in there, yeah. it also acts as an ID card, i.e. as a key. I mean they use the ring yeah. to open a door.
1: That's how we would use a a thumb plate. Fingerprint readers, I think Exactly
0: How many keys do you own Today in Oxford That A. Shoot laser beams And B. Brainwash people And why would you have either?
1: Right right now in Oxford? Yes I've got uh, Oh no, it's zero
0: Zero. <laughs> so why would it be able to do all those things? If this is just an ID card, why can it even brainwash Sarah Jane in the first place?
1: Like, who is Eldrad? Who, who are the wait, Castrians? Wait, hang on. Like we, we, haven't... we know nothing about them. We do learn some about Eldrad's backstory. What is Eldrad's backstory? I don't know, because everything that female incarnation of Eldrad tells us, I think we would have to assume is bollocks. And that, isn't that where most of the backstory is told? Doesn't... No, wait, hang on. I think there's, I think the backstory is
0: mostly true. It's just something about, there's like a force field or a barrier or something, which he deactivated. He willfully deactivated it. But, yeah. but she claimed that either it was done accidentally or it was done against her suggestions or something like but
1: that. But she also claims to have kind of, not created the Cassian race, but elevated them to a level that they would never have got to. Yeah, I didn't All that. of the regeneration stuff, she claims she invented, she invented and no one else knows how to use it. And like, There's loads of stuff that basically makes it sound like she's God is, on her own little...
0: Yeah, th- this is Eden. like an extension of the Bra- Brendan Fraser effect, whereby if, let's say... Uh, okay, let's make a deal right now. If you and I, for whatever reason, get frozen somehow... Okay. We wake up 150 million years from now
1: when we both do a really big stretch. Ah, oh, that's that a good nap.
0: Because some alien has shown up and resuscitated us. Let's make a deal. As we walk through the ruins of Earth, we go. Invented that. Invented that. Invented that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my idea. <laughs> See that Volkswagen over there? Built it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, is this the one that cheated on the emissions test? Or? <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. Oh shit. Is it also Box- yeah. I think it was. yeah I forgot about that. Not that one. Ace the test. <laughs> but the backstory is something to the effect of the Castrians they were invaded by some alien force.
1: That was the claim, which is the bogus claim.
0: Is that a bogus claim?
1: I think the Doctor says... like, I think that's the only thing Doctor addresses and says... Well, there just wasn't... A, like, the story was true, but there wasn't an alien invasion. Oh, I invasion. see.
0: And instead, what happened was that these barriers were protecting them from solar flares or something, or solar winds, and by deactivating those barriers, all of a sudden, the surface
1: of the planet got uninhabitable. Is that it? Yeah. I. Because I'm not sure if, if Eldred... So why
0: did she deactivate them? Well, what I feel like
1: Eldred. the way that Eldred carried on was... All of their genetic stuff was stored in these vaults or whatever, yeah. And so, actually, her his plan was to wipe out the current generation of, or the current physical manis- manifestation of the Castrian race. I don't even know if they're called Castrians. Oh, and, and and then build a different one. Start, yeah. So take control of everything, and then slowly go right. I'll uh, create two subjects today. Um, you will be responsible for cleaning my shoes and And you are in charge of hr (laughs) (laughs) hr no
0: (laughs) you're the accountant but we don't have an income source yet that's your job find (laughs) one you know what i just found another plot hole we start this whole serial with eldrad inside of the hang on it is the obliteration module yes great name for anything by the way which is going to be completely obliterated in six spans approximate. Why are they doing this? When Eldrad claims to have invented, alongside the Volkswagen, a blue goop harpoon that removes the ability to regenerate at all oh yeah because they arrive they clearly had that technology she recognizes what it is when she gets shot with it so it must have existed when she was still alive why put eldrad in an obliteration module and not just like strap her to one of their crummy rock beds and inject her with a blue goop harpoon
1: yeah i got nothing especially when the obliteration module yeah he says with air quotes Uh uh-huh is a big explosion of a spaceship?
0: Is it mm.
1: and, like they're talking about trying to make the zero like molecular trace of the being known as Eldrad?
0: And it, is it not that they're going to send go it boom.
1: into a send it into the sun or something like that? I don't really know. Is that I would buy? Again, I was quite confused because <laughs> they have gone about like it's not far enough, of, or it's not close enough, or it's not far enough away yeah. to do the total obliteration it's like we can't do it now it's like well you're all gonna be dead soon that guy's already gone it just hit the button (laughs) and so they hit the button and yeah it doesn't obliterate totally yeah like what the fuck is this thing
0: (laughs) so it doesn't it isn't completely obliterated one hand goes sailing through the universe (laughs) never bumps into anything, Nope. eventually lands. Well, maybe it, did, it
1: had one little bump, which took off a finger.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. And then <laughs> lands on Earth, gets buried inside a mountain, turns into part of a mountain. Okay. That, that seems weird to me. Why, when the mountain cracks, would there be an intact hand there? Why isn't it... Oh, whatever. Like, that's the biggest problem. <laughs> what about the rest of Eldrad? Using this principle, couldn't you just have every single shard of Eldrad turn into another Eldrad on different worlds?
1: Ooh, quite possibly. Maybe that's what the audiobook does. It might be, I
0: just thought about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm going to have a listen to this audiobook. I'd be curious because Eldrad was such a good foe.
0: <laughs> I'd, still, I'd yeah. still listen to it. it. <laughs> Made a note, Great Scott. Get a couple of lines. Cool.
1: Great Scott. Who's that? I think
0: that's Doctor. What's his face? Doctor, Doctor Malcolm. Doctor, why can't I remember this guy's name?
1: Hang on, I'll say it in a way that will make you remember it. Doctor Carter.
0: Oh, oh, Doctor Carter.
1: <laughs> mm, Doctor Carter. Oh, and the doc has an amazing scene with Doctor Carter. Actually. Ooh. When so Sarah Jane blasts away, well zaps away into the nuclear facility, nuclear power station, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And Doc and Doc. <laughs> play catch up and get caught by the guards that are now going, what the fuck's happening? Oh, this this guy's half dead on the ground. Other people are trying to come in. No, no, no. That's not happening. So they get captured. Yeah. And then the evacuation happens because the alarms are all going off because Sarah Jane's just wandered into a the core of the <laughs> reactor practically. <laughs> and the exiting employees just like nudge the guards a little bit and the doc and Dr. Carter just go into a little side room. Oh and and then <laughs> and then Two two employees I think they're the kind of security But not guards Come from one way The guards come the other way And they're like Oh, well they must have gone behind you And they just bugger <laughs> off It's just ridiculous It's just like um, So we've just come from Two different directions Yeah The only way they could have gone Is that door <laughs> No, they must have gone the other gone way down, like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. must have gone the other way We just must have
0: just missed them Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like that. That's really good. <laughs> I, I enjoy that level of slapstick in Doctor Who occasionally. I, occasionally, yeah, yeah.
1: It made me smile. I'm not necessarily saying it's a negative. Your Doc and Doc comments
0: reminded me of something else. This is a tangent. I, uh, I don't apologize. This is a tangent, though. A departure You're from learning. this serial. My boss at work told me a Doctor Who joke the other day. Whoa. It was as follows Do you know why you very rarely get an episode with two incarnations of the Doctor? I do not Because that'd be a paradox <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh wow That's actually not bad <laughs> I really chuckled, it was great <laughs>
0: Right, where to next? What about the TARDIS?
1: Yes, yeah, so we are seeing the lovely wood panelled Second control Brain fried there I was yeah. like, What is that material? Uh, it's uh, brown yeah, and it's... twiggy <laughs>
0: Leather <laughs> Twiggy, twiggy. <laughs> Yeah, we're back in that control room No shaving mirror this time Yes, it looks 2,000 times better without that <laughs> shaving mirror <laughs> I agree Where's the shaving mirror? It's in the bathroom where it belongs
1: <laughs> It's in my boot bathroom Yeah I think the only thing that bothers me so far Because we, we now see it in a bit more action Yeah So when skipping to the end again Okay, the when, repair scene. What? Yeah, when so Sarah Jane is just like, "Enough of this shit! I'm done! I'm out of here!" And Doctor's has his head under the console trying to repair stuff. Yeah, I think the thing that just struck me is how tiny the console is. I know, and it's,
0: it seems it doesn't
1: even seem attached to the floor; like it's just been plonked there. It's probably even on wheels. Or something. Yeah, it, it just doesn't feel like the, the level of tinkery that the Doctor quite often seems to do with the TARDIS doesn't seem to. Fit with that tinier console I agree, yeah, that's a, a uh, 150% other, valid point Otherwise, it's, it's kind of Growing on me. Me too Yeah, Yeah, me
0: too. I want to see more of the Rest of the TARDIS though, now that we've Been teased with corridors and swing doors I want more of that Yeah. I want him to go, okay, well I need to Fix this thing inside the console, oh wait No, actually, I need to go and get a A a sonic spanner and then cross a whole corridor, pick up a sonic spanner, walk back and fix it. Problem solved. We get a little bit
1: of scope. Yeah, that'd be good.
0: So in that scene, that is Sarah Jane's exodus. Yeah. Sarah Jane. So hang on, let me grab that uh, piece of trivia. I'll read this straight off TARDIS Wiki, or rather I copy pasted it off TARDIS Wiki. In terms of seasons, quote, Elizabeth Sladen was the longest serving companion with any doctor appearing for over three seasons and surpassing Katie Manning's record as Joe Grant. In terms of years, Janet Fielding holds the record for playing Tegan Jovanka, haven't gotten to her yet, for just under three years. Fraser Hines, wee little Jamie, played Jamie McCrimmon. He's, he holds the record for the longest serving companion in terms of the number of episodes. Uh, okay. So in my mind, he is definitely the longest. Like, it's the most adventures, right? Yeah, uh, and, and that's it. Yeah, there you go. So most seasons Liz Sladen.
1: Okay. Cuz I was I was reflecting on this thinking that I've cuz I basically started doing the classics with you in her, f- her, first, her first one. First one, yeah, Time yeah. Warrior. So it doesn't feel like that long a time, but then obviously we review a whole serial at once. So yeah. w- we're doing for like even weeks. six episodes. Yeah, you're right. at a time.
0: That's a month and a half, six
1: episodes. Yeah. yeah. So when you kind of think about how many episodes he's done. It is quite a lot of episodes, definitely. So, what the hell is. Wee little Jamie? We Little Jamie? I'll look up the numbers actually, because that is. Uh, now I'm interested in this. And am I right in thinking in the earlier Who, they weren't quite these serial structures, or were there more one off or two off, like two episode art things? Or
0: well, Sorry, in the earlier yeah. classics. I mean, there are a few shorter ones, but most of them are longer,
1: yeah, in fact. Okay. Yeah.
0: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 serials. That's Jamie McRimmon. 22 serials. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, and Sarah Jane Smith, does it say anywhere?
1: So is it just a twist of fate that his don't span over years the same way? I guess so. Or they didn't take in, uh, any breaks? Or Sarah has Jane has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5,
0: 6, 7, 8... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. So the other one probably minus one because I counted specials and not counting specials, Sarah Jane, 18. Because then she's like in The Stolen Earth and Journey's End. I wouldn't count that as a Sarah Jane episode, but she makes an appearance. She shows up. Yeah. She also has the Sarah Jane adventures. She does. When did do they start, actually? That's.
1: That's not till
0: Nine, No, not 90s. No, like, I think it's 2000 after s- the reboot, is it not? Yeah, yeah. It must be so, after 2005. Yeah. But, so when is it? 2007. Yeah, there you go.
1: Okay, fine. Uh, did we solve that? I don't know. Uh, She's done a lot, but not as much as other Bingo, people. Bingo, that's the yeah. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, yeah. Right. So back to that scene. This is her exit scene. She's prepared to leave on her own accord. She's yeah. enough. She goes next door to his closet, takes his clothes for when he wants to cross dress, and just like packs a bag, and goes, Fuck it, I'm out of here. I want to go home. And then he is about to send her home and she doesn't want to. She realizes it. And it's such a dramatic scene.
1: Yeah, it is. I I think it mostly works. I think it was just just a bit too quick with the switch over and the message from Gallifrey coming in and the doctor suddenly there's no There's no kind of um, tussle in the doctor's mind of, can I take Sarah here or can I, you know, can we just have a little pause somewhere? You know, just drop her off at home and say, look, have a a bit of time to yourself. You know, you've been wanting to get back to London anyway. I'll come pick you up in a week. Yeah. The the way he's portrayed thinking about going to Gallifrey is that he has to say goodbye to Sarah Jane. I don't know. it, It seems like... Well, that big a deal
0: I'm sure JD must have mentioned this on the podcast at some point Ages ago But there's, there's this weird law Which I think is also referenced in New Who Whereby non Gallifreyans are not Allowed on Gallifrey So if he is called back to Gallifrey He has to go
1: there alone He has no choice well, That's fine like, well, First things go, go through my head is Why can't you stay on the TARDIS uh, That's a good question thing, It's a time machine
0: like go tomorrow, <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't worry about it. But that's what that's what I mean. Like he could drop her off home and just say, like, just wait five seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. Or you know what you want? You wanted to go home anyway. Wait a week. Oh, like, but, he, but like, he's like, not even listening to her. He hasn't listened to her, and she hasn't heard him because he's
0: busy like repairing the no no console.
1: But, no, I, I don't mean like she's expressed it this time. She's expressed it multiple times. They've been oh, trying like. Loads yeah. of episodes have started where they were meant to go to London. You're right. Yeah, you're right. To to drop Sarah Jane off just to see her home, bloody South Croydon. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It was, it just seemed too too quick. Like it, I think it could have been a lot lot better. I think it was nice enough as it was, but I think it could have been a lot lot better if if that side of it had been just brushed up a little bit. Which is a real shame, I think, because this this is the exit of like a one of the most loved companions yeah if not the most loved companion well i'm
0: curious to see who the next companion or the next companions of the fourth doctor are going to be but it's hard to imagine anyone with more chemistry with tom baker i mean yeah those two work so well together definitely i mean we were saying as much just just last week yeah exactly it's so strange to i mean she was meant to leave quite some time ago off the show she was meant to be written out as either either being killed or married off, is <laughs> what I read. And she objected. She did not want to be married off, as we have seen Yeah, possibly. so what? It's like, oh, well, you've fallen in love with this person, yada yada yada. Sorry, I'm basically reading this off TARDIS wiki. What I remember from TARDIS wiki, uh, the, from, from the trivia from last episode, she desperately wanted to be part of that one, of the Mandragora, Mandragora if you will, episodes. So she stayed on. They extended her contract so that she could stay for that one. Okay. And then this happened. And I guess she insisted on not being killed and not just falling in love with someone.
1: Yeah. It's also apparently the script was rewritten by Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen. What? Really? Yeah. I I don't know how much, like, put up for that scene, for, for the leaving scene. So I don't know how much of their input is, is there.
0: Oh, God, I love this episode involved. even more now.
1: But it's, it's quite interesting. Like, and it, I think that says something about the off-screen relationship they must yeah. have had, the chemistry they must have had. Yeah, I don't see him having done that with...
0: Well, I don't see any Doctor having done something similar with prior companions.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, some of them didn't even get a goodbye. Dodo, aforementioned Dodo, she, she didn't even show up for her exit scene. Someone left a note for him. Oh, she's gone. I oh, think wow. that I think the note literally says like she met a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and she couldn't she couldn't contain herself. She was hysterical and uh, <laughs> whatever you know. It, it, this is the sixties at that point. But I agree, it's a testimony to their on on and off screen chemistry, and it is a shame to cut it short. But when it is cut short, I expected a different ending. I mean, she even hints at like, oh, I bet this isn't even South Croydon. Yeah. I expected either the, uh, like, someone to call, because she lands right next to a dog. Yes. Which, Who by is the way... a fucking dog, is that? Exactly, yeah. Which, by the way, later on referenced, when the doctor, when the, uh, when tenant leaves her, he leaves her with K-9. Yeah. So, a bit of a parallel. But yeah, so I expected either someone to whistle for the dog and call to the dog in, like, Portuguese or something, <laughs> and it turns out she's in the wrong country, or... That the dog walks off screen, she turns a corner, the world is run by Eldrad, like she's <laughs> at, at gunpoint. <laughs> she's just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> dog to come back. Too late. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or what was the thing that was going to come back 500 years? Uh, oh, the, the yes, Mandragora Mandra- Mandragora. <laughs> <Mandra-Grad. laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. That <laughs> would have been so good. Yeah, that, that was the other thing, actually. which weird. Looks like I've been trying to not read about stuff before we watched them. Yeah. But you... Just growing up in the UK and being exposed to Doctor Who in various forms, you know certain things or you pick up on little things. Yeah. So I know about K-9. Obviously, it comes up in New Who later on. Sure. I had made an assumption that Sarah Jane
0: and K-9, and K-9
1: yeah, appeared together in the original series, which obviously is not the case. She
0: How does she... Maybe this is a Sarah Jane
1: adventures thing.
0: Because she's already with K-9, right? In school reunion with Tenant's.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know how she gets it Because it, it's Tennant that has the Recognition and Long lost friend kind of moment With K9, isn't it? It's not Sarah Jane is, Am I right? Is that way around? Like she, she has K9 in the boot of her car And so. Tennant is like, K9! K-9. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly So hang on, I'm, I'm,
0: gonna, I'm not going to look that up But what I am going to do is I'm going to have a look at the list of appearances of Sarah Jane Smith Because she must show up in a, She does, so after Hand of Fear We will see her once again before school reunion, namely in the Five Doctors, which is the twentieth anniversary. That is, oh, it's the next Doctor, is it? It is the next Doctor. So, well, it's Five Doctors. <laughs> Sorry, uh, in nineteen eighty-three, excellent year. And I'm gonna guess if she is in that one, that will end with her and K Nine being united.
1: I think it must be, yeah, uh...
0: because otherwise it's a Sarah Jane Adventures thing.
1: But it oh, seems wait the. Just quickly looking on Wikipedia for Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah. Another little tangent. There was a 1981 television pilot called K9 and Company. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I refuse. With a CGI K9. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you seen pictures of it? A CGI K9 in 1981.
0: K9 and I think it is. Is it that one? Oh, sorry. No, it's not. You're right. It's, that's Sarah Jane and K9 and a German Shepherd. <laughs> Wait. To, to clarify. It's a show starring Sarah Jane, a robot dog, and a German shepherd. And the show is called Canine. It's not Sarah Jane and Canine go on go on a jaunt through space-time. Yeah. It is this robot dog.
1: <laughs> I think uh, you dodged a bullet there, Liz.
0: <laughs> Hang on. I want to see. Is it Canine and Friends or something like that?
1: Canine and Company.
0: Yeah, I know. But I, I want to find the CGI oh, Doo who right. thing. Because I've, I've seen a picture of just... Oh, maybe it's just called K9. I think this is it. I think it's called K9. Do you want to take a quick break and watch the trailer for it? Okay, so we just watched a trailer for the Australian pilot, K9.
1: And I recommend you don't.
0: <laughs> I will happily watch that. <laughs> I will very happily watch that. Bonus episode, I think.
1: I don't know. How shit could it be? <laughs> Pro-
0: very. <laughs> Okay, well, what else is there to say about this? Have we finished talking about Sarah? At one point, I just said, poor Sarah. When they're walking through the Castrian, like, vaults or caves, Mm. like, she falls on something, she gets shot by something. Eldrad at one point just uses her as a cushion.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Female Eldrad. Female Eldrad, yeah. Yeah. I, I I can't remember actually noting all the things about Sarah Jane. I did note the doctor pick, picking up Eldrad and her just being like a statue. Yes. Which was quite impressive. That's
0: amazing. I mean, She's made out of stone.
1: It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, and she was re- reverting to stone form, I guess, or something at that point. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. I liked it.
0: Stop making a fuss, Sarah. You're from South Croydon.
1: Hmm.
0: What else? Ow. Ow. Really not that much left on my in my notes, i got to say.
1: No. I've, I've got some things that just made me laugh about. Eldrad again but And now Doctor I have an audience with my king King (laughs) Exit scene
0: Ladies and gentlemen Eldrad (laughs) Like that guy seriously That was the direction I think Okay You've seen the top can you go over it
1: (laughs) No no keep going Nearly there That's it I didn't actually look him up All right, shall we? That's quite sad, actually. Click on it and find out he only died like two months ago. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh.
0: So, played by... Oh, Judith Paris and Stephen Thorne.
1: Yeah, Stephen Thorne actually has quite an amazing uh, career. Oh, really? So, he's done Doctor Who. So, apparently he was Omega Azal and then Eldrad. Oh, he's Azal. Azal, is that okay? Azal. And he was also... And o- Ogron. Ah, yes, the Ogrons—they're like muscle employed by the Tardis. The Tardis, the Daleks. Um, but got some interesting credits. Like he was Treebeard, which given his voice, like apparently oh, he's done—he's no done a lot of radio radio work. So in a BBC uh, Radio Four adaption of Lord of the Rings, he was Treebeard. He was in a Terry Pratchett's adaptation of Guards Guards.
0: Okay, which I'm not familiar with.
1: Uh, he's been in David Copperfield and Last of the Summer of Wine. He's been in The Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, voicing Aslan. Yeah, it's got quite a Quite a solid career Or rather had Judith Paris,
0: meanwhile Female Eldrad Has been in Oh, I'm looking at her IMDb page She's been in at least two uh, D.H. Lawrence film adaptations One of The Rainbow And Lady Chatterley's Lover
1: Mm. I quite liked her in this actually Yeah, I thought she was great Shall we try to rate this? We can have a go, can't we? Let's do that
0: And now It is time to rate this Did we love or hate this Bing boom, Bing boom, Hey la 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 Ratings
1: So I previously alluded to Not mostly enjoying this Yes I think but. I might I might correct that slightly So I've been writing some Pros and cons And actually I came up with Quite a few pros I was scanning through my notes And yeah There were things in there I I did enjoy it's, it's really just The ending stuff That I think Is the biggest beef I have with this So I think we do have some interesting ideas here of subverting the usual tropes of a villain. Mm-hmm. I think I would have preferred it to stay with one subversion of it being a villain that's not as evil as you might think they're going to be, rather than they are as evil as you think they would be, but there's a little bit where they're pretending not to be. I think it is it is interesting the Doctor gets duped, though, into that whole scheme. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to dwell on it. We don't see the Doctor really kicking himself or anything, so it's a bit of a throwaway thing, really. Again, I think just a a pattern with Doctor Who at this point <laughs> is just the last episode. We don't know how to resolve stuff, rushed. and they just yeah. rush it a bit. But but you know what? The cliffhangers are mostly good. I think. I think. Oh. I think there was a nice level of well, this interesting thing has happened. Not I'm in the middle of cutting the Doctor's head off kind of thing. So yeah. some plus points for that. We get a lo- lovely location shoot at the nuclear power plant, as you mentioned. It's incredible. Yeah, and like okay, they've just gone and shot somewhere that looks that way. But yeah, but they got props to them for doing it. They found
0: yeah. it, they got permission. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. It
1: can't be that straightforward to go into a nuclear power plant and film, so well done. And also, the female version of Eldrad is really good. I, I think the actor, whose name I've already forgotten, Jennifer something, uh, was, was very good. Lawrence. Okay. No. <laughs> no, you're tricking me. <laughs> I think the way that portrayal happens and it it questions what we've made assumptions about. You know, I think that all kind of works together, as I said already. But then she turns into Dude Eldrad, um. who's fucking terrible. <laughs> Can't stand the guy. And the whole the whole play out there, like, it's an interesting idea that, yes, he's gone there to kind of kickstart things again with his planet, and he thinks... That people are still alive from 150 million years ago because he sees this recording, but the recording is just there to torment him and say, ah, no, we all killed ourselves just so you couldn't fuck with us.
0: Like Is uh, that really the reason though? Seems is it to not be. just like, well, we didn't want to live underground?
1: Well, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's
0: also dumb.
1: Yeah. And it leaves a message for Eldrad to yeah. say, we did this just because of him. you, yeah. You fucker. <laughs> But, but then we have the big elephant in the room that this is a story spanning A 150 <laughs> million years. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. We see the exact same exterior shot of the planet yeah. with the little dome thing, the solar winds. Nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. Like they, they evacuated the surface of the planet because of this solar wind, which makes you think things aren't going to survive because of that, let alone 150 million years. <laughs> and that there's. <laughs> this pristine dome like just show us uh, it without the dome just take I'm the dome like, model away I'm just
0: like why do the electricals work
1: yeah like why why is anything in this place not just dust well why hasn't it been a massive planet quake or a change of tectonics and things are just buried i don't, I don't know yeah, like, or at
0: 100... the very least like a note from the castrian council saying you didn't pay your electricity bill we've <laughs> cut you off <laughs>
1: Like I don't think they grasped like what they were doing Erosion. but they wrote that number down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, you can't you can't just throw that stuff out there. You really have to tie it up a little bit. That's true. So that that really ticked me off. I think the biggest real issue I have is even though Sarah Jane gets a better send off than as we've said a lot of companions get. Yeah. They seem to, they seem to have prepared for this. They've postponed it even. They knew what they were doing, yeah. and they still rush it. It still doesn't have the full... Like, I'm left here at the end of this, this serial going, is that it? Is, is she not coming back? Like, Because all we know is the Doctor's going to go to Gallifrey. He's dropped Sarah Jane in London. Why wouldn't he come pick her up afterwards? You know, why wouldn't they carry on adventuring? Ah, but maybe, after he, doesn't,
0: maybe he doesn't think that he's going to survive it.
1: Maybe he doesn't want to make promises. I, I literally just thought of that. I don't know. Either way, we don't see anything of that like. We don't hear anything, we're just like, okay this is a very weird setup, Sarah Jane's walking down the street, talking to a dog (laughs) Yes Is this it? Is uh, is this the end? Okay. trying to anticipate your rating here. I'm gonna, okay So I think we have some good things It's mostly just kind of like an okay serial, then it dives off a cliff face in my mind, but I can't just throw it all under the bus So I said I mostly hated it, I'm retracting that slightly and just saying, it's a big old pile of meh, it's a 2.5 2.5? Oh, wow. I had just pinned
0: you down for 1.1. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> okay, a 2.5, 2.5. There we go. Right. Okay. Very neatly summarized there. Here's mine, then. For me, the absence of units is tangible. I find it strange that we have this kind of adventure, which I mean, the attack on the nuclear power plant seems very similar to the attack on the... Is it... Is it a... Another power plant? I can't remember what it is in Android Invasion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where we have not Brigadier, when we have Fagels, fake bagels, <laughs> and his uh, dudes. So why wouldn't another Fagels be here? You know, what, why? It, it, anyway, yeah. So absence of unit is tangible. But I really did think that the Doc and Sarah shone in this one, in addition to their dramatic farewell and that, in my opinion, incredible companion exit compared to prior ones, anyway. There was a number of scenes in which the Doctor showed genuine concern for her. She perhaps got the the shorter end of the stick, getting brainwashed and thrown around for much of the serial, but hey-ho. He did show concern for her when she is buried under the rubble in the quarry, etc., etc. Those two are a team, up until the end when he kind of just turns his back on her. But whatever, we don't (laughs) know the motivations, and I'm super looking forward to the next one. I'm so curious to see what it is that's got him so spooked at the end. He looks Mm. like he's seen a ghost. Anyway, I found both of the Eldrads enjoyable. Female Eldrad in particular, I will admit, but I also enjoyed his over-the-topness. The The locations are brilliant, or location singular, the nuclear power plant, as you said. I also enjoyed the miniature work, that being both the dome on Castria, which you very rightly pointed out, also have eroded or caved in by now, (laughs) but hasn't, but also the destination pod or whatever, the obliteration module. And the special effects in general, in fact, and thinking specifically, well, not specifically, but mostly, of the hand, there were bits in the beginning of the the thing, the the hand effect, yeah. where I was genuinely thinking, how do they achieve this? That looks really good. I still am not entirely sure. Presumably, the wrist bit is fake and the hand is actually, like, it, it's probably just, like, the thing in yeah. Adam's Family, but still... I really, really... I thought that was really well done. Except for one rotoscope. I was say,
1: there's one bit where they have it yeah. going across the floor.
0: which is Yeah, exactly. Which is the same thing as with the spiders. Planet of Spiders, yeah. the miniatures were awesome. The effects were awesome until you got to see them walk along the floor. It's just like, holy shit, you, you can't blue screen to save your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But mostly, I think I enjoyed the mind-boggling trinity of the tension, the weirdo nuclear power plotline, the, the absorption of nuclear yeah. power. And, yeah, frankly, the twist at the end D- Not the stupid, uh, you know, let's trip Eldrad But the twist of, oh, crap, we just saved the bad guy Univer- The universe might be doomed if we don't trip him <laughs> So I'm going to give this a 2.8
1: Ooh. Which
0: I thought was going to be <laughs> 1.7
1: higher than <laughs> <laughs> Should we listen to uh, Podcast Land? Yeah, let's see if they're on the same page
0: Now let's hear from Podcast Land 50, or it would get out of hand.
1: Shazamatron. Welcome to the listener
0: mini section of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> In which we have one, two, three, four, five listener minis, exactly as many as fingers on a Castrian hand. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's the same number on my hand. Am I a Castrian? Oh, no. <laughs> Starting off with Paul Forber. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. And might I say, Paul, fewer than 250 words this time. I'm
1: impressed. Nice. Nice one. We're reading every single word. We are
0: reading every single word. Paul Forber starts, The Hand of Fear made the most of its earthly locations. An explosion that buried Sarah Jane in a quarry unearthed Castrian criminal Eldrad's crystallized hand. At a hospital where it and she were examined, the doctor determined radiation would regenerate the hand. A ring the Castrians inexplicably left Eldrad enabled Sarah Jane to invade a nuclear power plant after he possessed her. That's correct. That's all that happened.
1: (laughs) Who continues, Eldrad said he must live too frequently before a potential nuclear disaster and an ill-advised missile strike completely regenerated him, modelling his body from Sarah Jane's. To keep the Earth safe... The Doctor agreed to take Eldrad to present-day Castria. There, it's tragically apparent the infamous chance that Eldrad's punishment failed haunted his planet. Ironically and nonsensically, Castrian leaders committed their race to suicide to leave nothing for Eldrad if he returned.
0: This drama, concludes Paul Forber, was overshadowed by Sarah Jane's departure, which enabled the Doctor to return to Gallifrey alone. Paul, that's a brilliant synopsis of this serial, but what's your opinion? Here's a, a mission for you, Paul. Should you choose to accept it... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. No, okay. <laughs> Go to huback pop a reply to your mini, actual mini, nice one, on this uh, page on huback and let us know if you liked it. We really want to know what you think. In the meantime, we're going to assign Paul a rating for this serial of 49 Wow, I can't believe you liked it so much, Paul. Yeah, put the boner away, Paul. <laughs> People of Podcast Land, if you would like to give Paul a nudge, do so. He's online at Wordsmith Paul.
1: Thank you, Paul. Cheers, Paul. Next up, Peter Edge, the, the Zoonmeister. Zoon-meister. <laughs> Hello, Peter. Hiya, Peter. Peter starts. This is the one that takes place in a quarry that's actually supposed to be a quarry. That's in Rbiescow, Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of boomy screamies <laughs> and a hand job that ends well for nobody. Oh my God, we didn't make that joke. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I want to slap
0: myself so hard. Well,
1: Peter had our back. Oh, well done, Peter. <laughs> Peter continues, it's another take on a classic horror story. And while we say, here we go, Sarah Jane can't come with us. Oh, no. While interesting throughout, Peter continues,
0: it starts off slow and really doesn't gain any speed until episode 4. I think the script miffed it by spending too much time on Eldrad's regeneration and not enough time on getting to know this obviously multifaceted character. It's also a Sarah-centric story where Sarah is often not Sarah. It's a waste of such an iconic character's
1: last performance. That's also a good point we didn't so, mention. Yeah, it's a very good point. Paul has more good points. The idea of switching Eldrad between female and male was a refreshing concept and bold move. Agreed. However, its personality changed as well to the point of them being two separate characters rather than different facets of the same. It comes off as a continuity error.
0: Which I feel is kind of explained. Sorry to jump in here, both Jim and Peter, but I feel that's kind of explained by Paul Forber's mini- That the nuclear strike on the nuclear power plant Came too soon And it therefore had to overcompensate By taking some of Sarah Jane's material And maybe that also accounts for a personality change No No? Okay, fine (laughs) Alright, overall, concludes Peter It's fine I like it, but it's a bit of a missed opportunity I think I'd suggest a plot shift And more Dr. Sarah interplay throughout Sarah Jane's glance backwards Haunts my thoughts to this day Like many, I'll miss her dearly but it only makes it that much more amazing when she returns with David Tennant. I look forward to her return far, far, far in both Who future and reality future, when for reasons both real and fictional, we will both cherish and miss her all over again. Uh And Peter gives this serial a score of 2.6. Nice. That's a solid rating, like in between our ratings. (laughs) very Very good. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. Next up, we got Trenton Bliss. Hello, Trenton. Hello, Trenton. Trenton starts, Okay, this serial was good enough for a companion exit, let's talk about that.
1: We actually start that story in a quarry. A proper quarry, instead of Scaro or Exelon, or some other quarry-like planet. That's in our <laughs> Then we suddenly see Sarah and the Doctor buried under Roll, after a blast to the cliff face nearby. Then we get that hand. That creepy hand. The Hand of Eldrad. Eldrad was very interesting. He
0: could soak up radiation like a sponge to help him regenerate. Of course, we can't talk about the human version of Eldrad without mentioning the costume work. The outfits they made looked like it really was crystallized, and it was incredibly detailed. But that lumbering thing Eldrad turned out to be
1: was your usual Doctor Who monster. Not very original there. Trenton continues, I have no idea how they achieved the effect for the hand. Exactly! In some scenes, it looks like crap but for the most part, it looks pretty good. Great, even. So, bonus points there.
0: Agreed, 173.2%.
1: Tom Baker and
0: Elizabeth Sladen, continues Trenton, were wonderful as a duo. Probably the best pairing of Doctor and Companion to date. They meshed so well, and it was so sad to see Sarah Jane go. She was wonderful.
1: But overall, what do I think, says Trenton? Well... I liked it. Aha. It was interesting and kept my attention throughout. <laughs> but it only gets better from here. Farewell, Sarah Jane. We'll never forget you. Oh no. 3.7 out of 5.
0: 3.7? What a dude. Oh, I almost forgot to say, adds Trenton. Eldrad must live. Eldrad must live!
1: Live, I'd tell you.
0: <laughs> nice one, thank you very much. Please, high five Trenton online. How can you do that, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can find him at Trenton Bless. That's Bless with two what's, Jim?
1: When you uh, bend your fingers backwards against each other to make a kind of opposite curve shape.
0: You know what? Podcast land, he's doing that right now, and I I, I concur. Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Trenton. Thank you, Trenton. Next up, we've got Michael Ridgway. Ridgway. Ridgway.
1: Ridgway. Ridgway. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Love you, Michael. You're so big. But he has a mini mini reactions. <laughs> <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> First mini mini reaction.
0: Hmm. What do you use to contain a radioactive, malevolent, mind-controlling living hand? That's right. Tupperware.
1: Hey, it was good enough in Erie, Indiana to preserve humans. Anyway. <laughs> Wait,
0: what? What's that from? Erie, Indiana.
1: People out there in Podcast Land will get it. Oh, okay. I didn't get it, I'm sorry. <laughs> The next mini-reaction Michael had was The best line, just like Andy Pandy Mm.
0: Next one, bravo to the location scouts The nuclear power station shots look fantastic But why the heck did the owners agree to this? The story doesn't shed
1: nuclear energy in a good light Yeah, that's a fair point Yeah, Yeah. Next up, missile attack on a nuclear power station Mm -mm. Is that a good idea, really? Yeah, (laughs) yes, agreed (laughs) Open your mouth and hold your nose when you are barely a mile from impact isn't going to cut it.
0: Yeah, well your ears might pop otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best moment, says Michael, realisation that Eldrad is a total git.
1: I think I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, says Michael. The Castrians all committed suicide. This is uber dark. Yeah.
0: Goodbye, Sarah. We love you. Sniff. Second saddest companion ending, the first being the Seventh Seventh
1: Doctor's heartfelt speech to departing Mel in Dragonfire. Mm. And uh, Michael gives us a bit of trivia. This is the episode the BBC repeated in honour of the wonderful Elizabeth Sladen. And he also gives us a link to a lovely Guardian article on that final scene.
0: Yeah, check out whoback comment section for this episode to, to see the link. And in summary, Michael says, What an unexpected gem! I just realised there is there's no beef section here. I know
1: what. Sorry, that was terrible.
0: Beef. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) An unexpected gem, and he gives this a rating
1: of what, Jim? Four point five out of five. Chance of Elrond must live. No, I mean Elrond must (laughs) live. No, I mean Elrond Hubbard must live. No, Eldrad must (laughs) live. Oh, sorry, the first one was Enron. (laughs) Thank you very much,
0: Michael. People of Podcast Land who are not Michael, please follow Michael online and tell him as much Michael can be found at bad
1: underscore movie. Underscore Club. No underscore. <laughs> Nothing. No more. Never so sad ever again. Just like Sarah yeah. Jane.
0: Until the special and the Yeah, then, new then you can start, start doing underscore. And the spin off series yeah. and wait, the the other pilot for K9 and Company. Yeah, all those and, things. Yeah.
1: When all those things happen, you can do another underscore. Okay, cool Yeah
0: <laughs> Next up slash last up We have Paul Waring Hello, Paul Hello, Paul Paul starts Goodbye, Sarah Jane The best companion in Classic Who Though Jamie Comes a close second Fortunately, she gets a believable send-off Albeit rushed As opposed to marrying a bloke she met the previous day I'm looking at you, Joe Grant
1: It's true Oh yeah, I saw that one That was ridiculous Yeah
0: Yeah <laughs> Not taking into account uh, Vicky Vicky Pallister, was that her name? Who stayed behind in Troy because she met a dude just then and decided to stay and marry him. Yeah. Yeah. Until she realised there was no running water or... (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Wait,
1: I have to shit in that? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Paul continues. Apart from Sarah's departure, there's a lot to like about this story. A silicon-based life form is interesting and unique to date. Mm. Although we'll meet others later. Eldrad is a powerful and cunning villain, fooling the Doctor and Sarah until near the end. There's also a moving moment when the Director elects to stay behind and make what he thinks is his final phone call to his wife and children, which we were a little bit divided on, weren't we, Leon? <laughs>
0: yeah, actually, you know, I, 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 you had me convinced. You had me convinced. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like that actually. In hindsight Uh, Paul continues The nuclear power plant, however, seems to have taken its security policy from Unit HQ (laughs) With anyone able to walk in off the street and knock down a single guard It's also a bit harsh of the doctor to leave the director to explain everything When he could have at least given him Bagel's phone number so it could be hushed up Yes The poor man is probably going to lose his job over this
1: (laughs) Well, better that than his life, I (laughs) suppose That's true And overall, Paul concludes, it's sad to see Sarah go, and that she misses out on a trip to Gallifrey. But she had a cracking run. I wouldn't rate any of her stories less than 3.5 out of 5, and this is no exception. (gasps) And he gives it 4 out of 5.
0: Oh, wow. Excellent. Excellent mini, Paul. Thank you very much. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Paul. Please head on over to the Twitter Sphere Podcast Land and high five Paul from us and from yourselves. He can be found at P Wearing. That's P the letter and wearing the word, <laughs> but not the
1: way you think it's spelled.
0: Right, and that, that concludes the uh, listener mini-section and pretty much this review. What have we got next? First off, we're going to have a new Who episode, namely Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. After which, mm. we're back with Classic Who for... The Deadly Assassin." That's right! Oh, and I'm on Todd's Wiki and I'm, I can see the screenshot of it. It looks
1: really cool. A little Star Trek 6, perhaps. Oh, that's the same one they have on Wikipedia. Oh,
0: really? Okay, nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so please
0: do return for that and send us your listener minis. In the meantime, you can also say hello to us. Jim, you can be found on Twitter at... Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the What now? Jimmy the Who. That's right. And I can be found at... Ponkin. Spell it as you wish.
1: X, Y... 2739.
0: And a silent queue. So thank you
1: very much. <laughs> Until the next time, toodle, pip and ciao. And do look after each other. <laughs> look both ways when you cross the road. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. But I've got no friends. No problem. Tell some strangers. Hooray! Like us on Facebook, that's facebook.com slash whobackwhen, all in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High-five us online and we'll high-five you right back. You guessed it, we're at whobackwhen, all in one word. Catch your earbuds in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha-chao. Forget the Zeus plug, I'll
1: have the sonic screwdriver.
0: Ooh, and boy, am I sick of that sonic screwdriver. I'm going to pack my goodies and I'm going home.